apps of corporate and investment banking lead the conversation on future investment possibilities and sustainable growth opportunities. I think what we're going to see even more going forward is word of mouth marketing, influencer marketing. You know, you would rather buy something because somebody that you know or somebody that you follow promotes it than you would because there's a huge marketing campaign run by a corporate. Matching foresight with sustainable possibilities to unlock your business's potential. APSA Insights, hosted by Bruce Whitfield. Brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. Welcome to this latest episode of APSA Insights. And with me is Sana Cordia, Sector Head of Consumer Goods and Services at APSA Corporate and Investment Bank. And around the world, Sana, there's growing evidence that people are over the idea of Black Friday, over the idea of Cyber Monday. We in South Africa and many parts of the other African continent seem to be behind the curve on this because actually Black Friday certainly in the sub-Saharan Africa seems to have been very successful. Hi, Bruce. Good to be with you again. Yeah, I, I agree with you in ways. I do think that the shape of Black Friday has significantly changed in South Africa as well. And, you know, looking at it in South Africa, it's really becoming a crescendo rather than a one-day event. It seems that we have a whole month of discounts and people shopping for the whole of November up to this day that we dub Black Friday, but not as great as 2019. So definitely looking different. Okay, so take me through it because you talk about a resurgence, the number of transactions, the turnover, the number of cards used to transact. There are lots of different metrics and ways of actually measuring the success or otherwise of an event like Black Friday or Black November or Black November and December, however we get to classify it. Yeah, definitely. So if we look at the event, the day, yes, we were definitely up. We saw in our acquiring space, which is, as you now by now know, is the actual terminals where we accept payments on behalf of our retailers, that there was indeed a 20% increase compared to 2020. But if we look at 2019, in that channel, we see 17% decrease compared to 2019. The same in the in the issuing space, APSA card Customers did rebound both in turnover and volume, respectively 10 and 7.8%. But again, compared to 2019, we are seeing that the volumes and the values are slightly down. The difference and the interesting thing, I think what we're seeing is that the increase is really in the card not present space, where the card present space, which is where physical acquiring in stores, are actually down. So it tells you that people are definitely adopting different shopping habits, definitely increased in online shopping and contactless purchasing, and normal purchasing is actually decreasing, interesting enough. So if you look at data from PayPal, fast, you will see that it looks phenomenal because it's growing. It looks like we had a bumper year, but that's only in the online and digital space. It doesn't take um, cognizance of our physical channels um, in stores. And also, it doesn't really look at our cash space. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's the one thing that we seem to forget is what happened in the world of cash over Black Friday. And this is so important. I mean, alternative payment mechanisms, we kind of seem to think that cards, debit cards, credit cards are the be-all 
all and end all when it comes to shopping. But now you can put your card into a digital platform, whether it be SnapScan or you can put it into Apple Pay, for example. It's still the card that is being used, but that's card not present. That's people scanning or waving a phone over a, over a device that, that registers a payment. That's correct. When you look at that method of payment, it really speaks to digital purchases. So it speaks to e-commerce and online shopping. And that has significantly increased, but at the cost, obviously, of physical channels decreasing. We've also seen a reduction in our cash volume. So we measured it in terms of withdrawals at ATMs, which normally goes up quite high. Or when I say normally, every time I speak about the norm, I'm talking 2019 before, right? (laughs) There's nothing normal these days. That's what normal used to be. Let's say that. Um, The cash volumes are also down 6%. And as you can imagine, cash is a very big part of our economy. So when I say 6%, it's quite significant. If I say 6%, we see 6% reduction for Black November. It's a significant amount of cash that's not drawn in that month of discounting. And the assumption you can almost make from that is then that lack of spending needs to almost be doubled back into the digital space. So it's a double accounting back to the other side which we are not even considering because we're only tracking card data. So I think that's another element specifically to South Africa that we need to be very cognizant and very aware of. There's also a lot of cash in the system that never makes it back into the bank. And it goes in the informal economy. There's a circular economy there. And that, I suppose, is immeasurable. Yeah, I think that's the point. You know, we love looking at the data and we love looking at what the data is telling us, but there is that cash element that's very hard to track and trace. So when I tell you cash volumes are down 6%, I'm measuring it through the lens of ATM withdrawals. But there's a obviously much bigger cash element we're not tracking here. So although what we're saying Black Friday or Black November doesn't look that bad, we're up from 2020, we are not where we are in 2019, but we we are not taking cognizance of the cash element at all in any of this discussion. So the true reflection of the economy, I think, by and large, is also being missed slightly by excluding cash and just by nature, because it's very hard to track where the cash went, right? We've also got a really difficult economy. We've got unemployment at record levels. I mean, if you take in people who've given up and trying to find work or people who just don't want to work, whatever the case might be, it's sitting at 46%. Um, It's an enormous crisis in the South African economy. So there is simply not the cash to spend. Uh, People don't have disposable income because they have no income to start off with. And so that's one factor. And then for people with income, they're facing the prospect of higher costs across the board, whether that be in electricity, as we've seen the fuel prices rocket over the last 12 months. And we're going into an interest rate tightening cycle now as well. That sucks out oxygen from the economy, doesn't it? Yes, it does, Bruce. And I think, you know, everybody comes out of 2020, we all want to see the light and we all all want to see the end of this tunnel. But the reality is you've got to ask yourself how long before the the real pain that we've experienced that hit our economy through various businesses that weren't able to trade. And still this year, we're very restricted in trading, as you know, the alcohol industry being one, the tourism industry being one. When are we really going to start seeing the pain in our consumer's pocket? And are we really measuring that correctly? 
correctly? And I think that is the question we need to ask. I think the consumers have shopped very strategically over Black Friday. I think they were very targeted in what they wanted to buy. We do see an increase in grocery spending and non-perishable spending. But If you look at the basket sizes, interestingly enough, even compared to 2020, it is marginally up, just over 2% up the average basket size at around 545 per basket, which tells you people are buying also smaller purchases. So we've seen a higher increase in volume spending, but the value is fairly subdued. It speaks to a very different shopper and a very different consumer that is very strategic about what they buy, when they buy. And obviously that plays in hugely in, in retail strategy and how are they going to discount in the future? When is the best time to discount? In the festive season coming, how do they get their share of this very highly contended market at the moment? So I think there's a shift in the consumer psyche that we need to be very cognizant of as well in terms of how they shop and when and where they shop. Still to come in this EPSA Insights podcast. There's so many other elements playing right now that I think to be a retailer in this space is very challenging, especially if you come out of a very established retail model like the big retailers do. Because I think to a large extent, there's going to be huge shifts in how we do retail, not only in South Africa, but globally as well. APSA Insights. Is there not also a a growing amount of cynicism? around what is a discount, what is actually value, and quite a big breakdown of trust, not only here, but certainly globally when it comes to the way in which retailers have behaved in previous years in terms of perceptions of discount versus actual discount. You touch on a topic that I think is so imperative right now, and it's the topic of trust. Just for a moment, imagine that the world of the consumer, the man in the street, me and you included. Our trust has shifted significantly. You cannot just trust whatever you see on media, what you read in the papers. And like you rightly say, you know, trusting big systems and big organizations is harder for the consumer at the moment. Definitely that impacts what they buy, when they buy. And also because discounts have been ran for so long now, since last year, because um, retailers are trying to get rid of stock, the whole supply chain was turned upside down. So they had to bring some normality back in terms of selling old stock getting the right stock because the the changes in what people buy, you always speak about what the clothing you buy is different now. You sit in your pajamas when you work. So all of that needed to be adjusted. So there's been a lot of more discounts running for longer. So that also builds an issue with trust and saying, well, haven't I been overpaying then? I mean, the man on the street now is becoming used to finding things at a discount. So it definitely gives a different dynamic to the market in terms of spending. And it also gives an different dynamic to the market in terms of marketing, because how are you going to market and how are you going to attract this consumer that has a low level of trust in what they buy, when they buy and where they buy? And I think what we're going to see even more going forward is word of mouth marketing, influencer marketing. You know, you would rather buy something because somebody that you know or somebody that you follow or somebody that you know of on Instagram or Facebook promotes it than you would because there's a huge marketing campaign run by a corporate. So it it becomes a very interesting topic overall, and I think we can speak about it for hours. No, but the dynamic, therefore, of retail has shifted considerably.
considerably. Um, and it shifted because of the underlying economy. It shifted because of the integrity of some players within the space. And it shifted through, I think, a wisdom of the crowd. The crowd is no longer taking the word of the retailer as gospel anymore. It's got a little bit tired, maybe, of the narrative. Yeah, no, definitely. And and also, remember, on top of all of this, I think it's the most interesting time to be alive, quite honestly, because on top of all of this, you have a world where simplicity becomes an important thing. I want to simplify my life. I want to personalize my life. I don't need so much stuff, but I, I know what I want. People are more um, clear about buying, recycling, reuse, upcycling is becoming a trend. There's so many other elements playing right now that I think to be a retailer in this space is very challenging, especially if you come out of a very established retail model like the big retailers do. And I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a hell of a lot of corporate activity in the market between the retailers buying businesses and doing a little bit of things a little bit different. Because I think to a large extent, there's going to be huge shifts in how we do retail, not only in South Africa, but globally as well. Give me a vision of retail 2027. More online, more discount outlets. Certainly that seems to be the way things are going now, but you'll have a far clearer view than I. Look, I think we are probably heading into a space where it's not about shelves and shelves full of full of stuff. I think there's definitely a space, especially if you look at a discretionary spending, um, clothing, and um, apparel, where you can imagine Bruce walking to, uh, seeing something online you like, um, shopping around, going to the store to have a look and feel, but not getting it there off the shelf, maybe putting it on, but it gets delivered to your house before you reach it because it comes actually from another site, which is at a warehouse. So that's the kind of world I think where, you know, especially in the apparel space, people, it's going to be more personalized. I don't think physical retail will be removed ever. It will definitely be what, what we know now as an omni-channel type experience. People shop online and in-store almost simultaneously. And definitely the flavor of less is more. So the logistics of it is going to be very big, you know, and how do we get stuff to the clients quickly, return it quickly, but also make money out of it because it, it adds a whole new level of complexity with regards to managing your stock. And then you're going to ask yourself, what is going to, what, what's going to be the saving? Is it going to be space? Is space going to be the saving that needs to be applied to make this logistic world work better for the retailers so they still walk away with profits? Because as it is, they are being squeezed. They cannot pass significant inflationary increases onto the consumer who's already squeezed. So somewhere cost is going to have to be reduced in the world of retail. And I think space is a very big option. And somehow that then impacts our pensions into the future because our pensions are heavily invested in the property sector, the property sectors heavily invested in not only office space, which has got lots of vacancies at the moment, but also in the retail space over the long term. Perhaps we're going to see a greater shift then in terms of property companies going into huge logistics centers, as has been a trend for the last two or three years or so, as online has grown. It certainly is a massively disruptive moment across the entire chain of the retail experience from field to factory to retail to consumer. 
Absolutely. And I think some there's definitely some positives and opportunities that can come out of this. And we've spoken about this a lot, but localization remains a key driver to become locally in our produce so that we can shorten supply chains, so we can be more costive in our production, so we can increase jobs. I think probably the theme should be and would be localization. That's how you are probably going to get around this animal in the long run. Isana Kordia, thank you very much indeed for joining us on APSA Insights. Isana is the Sector Head for Consumer Goods and Services at APSA Corporate and Investment Bank. Thank you, Bruce. Expert advice and data-driven insights that unlock your business's potential. APSA Insights, matching foresight with sustainable possibilities. Brought to you by APSA Corporate and Investment Banking. For more, visit apsainsights.co.za.